0: Our topics uh, for the last few khutbas have been dealing with the topic of al-falah, success, and what, what is success, and who are the muflihun, who are those who are successful, and we've been concentrating on the ayat from surah al-muminun, where Allah subhanahu wa taala says, "Qada aflaha al that the believers indeed are successful, al-ladina hum fi salatihim khashi'oon. And this is the third khutbah dealing with Al-Khushur and the Salah. And we've covered preparation for Salah, we've covered the meaning of Khushur, we've covered how to attain uh, or some of the aspects of attaining Khushur from before the Salah. And then in the last khutbah, we covered the Takbir, which is saying Allahu Akbar and what that should mean and how that leads to Khushur. We covered Al-Istiftah. Uh, meaning the du'as that the prophet sallallahu will make immediately after saying allahu akbar and how a person should vary his routine and not say the same thing all the time because if you do it becomes mechanical and you're not actually thinking about what it is that you are what it is that you are saying we talked about al isti'ada seeking refuge with allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from the shaytan and how that is very important that you're cognizant of what you are saying, that you are seeking refuge with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, from the shaitan al-Rajim. And we also talked about Surah Al-Fatiha And how a person is in fact in conversation with Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala And so your Fatiha should be one of the main aspects That draws you into your Salat Knowing that when you say Alhamdulillahi Rabbil That Allah says Hamidani abdi, That my servant has praised me That you that Allah is actually responding to you So Thinking about that in your salah is very important. We're going to uh, move on inshallah ta'ala and talk about some of the other aspects uh, of the of the prayer that bi ta'ala will help us gain khushuah. And one of the things that I want to, to mention before we get on to the other things that are said in the salah is that there's... Uh, in general there are two things There are things that have to be avoided For you to have khushur And there are other things that you need to do In order for you to have khushur and salah So if you do certain things But you haven't avoided other things Then you won't have khushur in your salah One of the main things That has to be avoided in the salah Is looking around So once you say Allahu Akbar There's only one place you should be looking And that is down towards the place Where you would make the sujood the Prophet ﷺ, in fact, would himself actually look, sometimes look up in the salah Until the verse that we were talking about earlier on was revealed to the Prophet ﷺ, where it's, الَّذِينَ Salati fi Those who have khushu' in Salat. The companion said once that ayat was revealed, the Prophet ﷺ never looked anywhere except for down in his salah. That his head was down, lowered, humbled, khushur, humbled before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the Prophet ﷺ said to his companions, what, what is wrong with some people that they look up into the sky? That they look up into the sky? During the Salat And the Prophet ﷺ emphasized that point so much That he said that the people will stop looking up in the Salat Or their sights will be snatched away from them That their sight will be snatched away So the Prophet ﷺ is informing us That during the Salat do not look around But that iltifat, Because there's also other ahadith Where the Prophet ﷺ talked about al-iltifat for salat, Looking around in the Salat and he said, huwa huwa min That it is a form of thievery. That the, that the shaytan is stealing from your salah. How is that? Because he's taken away from the reward. You're not going to get the full reward if you're looking around in the salat. But that's the looking around with the eyes. Subhanallah. There's another type of looking around that only Allah Azzawajal knows. And that's when your heart is turning away from Allah SWT in the prayer. And so it's very important that not only your eyes are looking down at the Salah, but that also your heart is in the prayer, that your heart is not turning left and right in the Salah. And that it is focused on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this is one of the main things, subhanAllah. And as, as some of the Salaf used to say, when they would see somebody who's, who was fidgeting in Salah and that type of thing, لَوْ خَشَعَ قَلْبُهُ khasha' jawarihu. Yani, if his heart was, had khushur, then his limbs would also have khushur. So when a person is looking around in salat, that is, very, is an indication that there's no khushort. When I say a person, I'm talking about each and every one of us. I'm not talking about you should look around the masjid, see what everybody else is doing and how their salat looks when they come in and pray two rakats and you are already in the masjid. Nah. This is for each and every one of us. That If I am looking around, me, if, uh, this advice is for each one of us. If I happen to look other than the Mechanic sujood, then the place where I'm supposed to Where I'm going to put my head in sujood Then know that there's something wrong with my khushu And I need to recalibrate And I need to, to get back into The salah the, the next thing inshallah ta'ala, uh, and, and I want to Kind of just go through salah as it happens Right, so we started with takbir And then istiftah and then al isti'adah Seeking refuge with Allah and then reciting Surah Al-Fatiha After Surah Al-Fatiha you're going to recite another surah or another portion from the Qur'an. One of the things that will help you with the khushur is knowing what it is that you're reciting. So studying the tafsir, most people are going to, in, um, most of the Muslims, in this salat, they're going to be reciting from Juz It's just the reality. And so knowing the tafsir of Juz studying that, taking time to know what it is that you're reciting, is very important for your khushur. If you are just reciting words And you don't know what they mean It is very difficult for somebody to pay attention So if you don't know what it is that you're reciting It's just some huruf and harakat Just some letters and some diacritical marks That you threw together That's not going to help you have khushua in your salat Likewise If you recite the same thing Over and over and over again And you're leading your wife in salat Believe me believe me she's getting tired of it it's not going to help her for so you need to keep learning the quran it really is not acceptable that a person is muslim for 20 years for 30 years for 40 years in those four surahs from the quran five surahs from the quran really we have to get beyond that as an ummah, we have to get beyond that point yani, subhanallah and it's not to say a person, subhanAllah, may be busy doing something else. It's well known that some of the companions of the Prophet, especially the ones who accepted Islam later, and they spent their lives defending the religion of Islam, they didn't have the same time as people who were not doing that, to memorize the Qur'an. From amongst them, it's mentioned that Khalid ibn al-Walid, because he was sayful Islam, he was just sayful Allah. Right, that he was there defending Islam left and right, that he did not have the time to memorize the Qur'an like many of the other companions. But for us, usually the excuse is not there. We spend at least 30 minutes a day watching the news, social media, this, that, this, that. Well, if you we spent that time memorizing the Qur'an, 30 minutes a day, after some time, after a year, you would see results for certain. And the more you memorize, the easier it becomes to, to memorize the Qur'an. We're not saying that everybody's going to walk around being a hafiz but at the same time, Only memorizing 10 surahs, 20 surahs And you've been Muslim for how long? You've been practicing Islam for how long? That's a priority issue It's not a memorization issue It's a priority issue So we have to prioritize The book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala We have to prioritize the recitation of the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala And learning about what it means So this is very important for us to recognize That this will help with the khushur in your salah even the surahs that you may Often hear Actually understanding What that means right? So taking it and saying And you know that there's a difference of opinion For example in the tafsir Does al-asr for example mean all of time Or does it actually mean al-asr time And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is letting us know What happens at asr Asr is the end of the day Time is running out Mankind is at loss Oh wait a minute, time is running out I'm, I'm a loser unless I do these four things that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions right at. So, thinking about that for Surah Al Asr instead of just thinking, oh, alhamdulillah, the Imam's are reciting something short so we can get Salat over with. Right? So, what is it? Where's our heart when the Quran is being recited? Also, from the things that will help. So, we're talking here about uh, a tenawur, Yani that you vary also your recitation of the Quran, the same way that you do a dua. Also, that you, that you recite the Qur'an in a manner that brings about khushur Meaning that you're not rushing through it So taking your time with the Qur'an The Prophet ﷺ used to take his time with the Qur'an He would recite with tartil, right, Even in the salat. So reciting in a, in, a, in a manner that's going to allow you to understand what is being recited Interacting with the Qur'an when you're not leading the fard salah so for example, when the Prophet alayhi would pray the night prayer and he would come across an ayah about the hellfire that the Prophet sallallahu would seek refuge with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from the hellfire in the, in the qira'ah, while he was standing. Or if it was something that asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for his bounty and for jannah then the Prophet ﷺ would ask for Allah's azawajal's fadl and ask for his grace and his mercy and his bounty. So these are the type of things that also while you are standing in the salat, it should help you. So looking down... When you recite the Looking down throughout the salat Looking at the place where you're going to make sujood Right? Reciting surah al-fatiha and recognizing That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is responding And taking time to understand What it is that you are reciting From the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala All of these things are very important parts Of the salat and helping you gain khushur in the salat And then after that You say Allahu Akbar Subhanallah it doesn't matter where which salat you are uh, you know you are leading at that particular time if it's fajr you want to say allahu akbar 11 times right maghrib 17 times the other salawat 22 times allahu akbar why because allah azza wa Jal knows that we are bani adam and that there's going to be times where your mind slips or your heart slips so allahu akbar so you're standing for a period of time and then what allahu akbar Now remind yourself of the same thing That we talked about before That Allah is greater than And Allah did not say greater than what Because he's greater than everything Subhanahu wa ta'ala And so when you say Allahu Akbar Even if it is that you know The salat for example You're praying behind the imam You don't understand when he's reciting the salat He's reciting from a surah that you don't know And you don't know Arabic And you're not following Okay fine Allahu Akbar And now you should be brought back to remember what it is that you are doing You're standing in front of Rabbul Alameen Bottom line Allah is giving you that private audience You're standing in front of Him Allahu Akbar And now whoever has their phone on Please turn the phone off Please, Then you, you make Rukur Okay Now The Rukur in every position in Salah Has significance And that Rukur When you bow to Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala Allah azza wa jalla and you say subhana subhana rabbi al-azim right Allah azza wa jalla here when you say subhana subhana what what subhana means subhana it means from Sebbaha, right at tasbih a lot of times we say glory be to allah but we're we're declaring that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is free of any imperfections SubhanAllah, how perfect Allah is. Al-Azim, the magnificent and the supreme. And what do we do when someone is supreme and someone is magnificent? We bow. But that's only for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In common culture, what happens when uh, the the karate people or the martial artists, they stand in front of their master, right? They stand in front of their master, what do they do? They bow. To show what humility, to show respect, but even that—that's a—that's like that kind of bow. The, the Muslim, we bend our entire backs until they are straight, right? And we say Subhanallah al alaadin. And when you do that, you should recognize that you are declaring the alhamdulillah, the greatness of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, and that you will never bow to anybody else, uh, to anything else. See, this is really a position of strength. It's a position of humility. Right? That is, you're showing your humility to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But at the same time, every time you do that, it should reinforce for you, O Muslim, that you're never going to bow to any other human being like that. That you're never going to show reverence to anyone besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala like that. That is a position of strength. In other words, yes, I'm bowing to Allah and to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone. And nobody else is going to cause me to do that. It doesn't matter. That's male or female, young or old, subhan Rabbi al-azim. And he's the only one that is Al-Azim, Subhanahu Ta'ala. And so we're not going to bow to anyone else. Understanding this particular position in Salah is very important. Because sometimes you'll read the narrations where the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam stayed in Bukur in for a very long time proportionate to his qiyam. And sometimes he would make he would stand for over an hour, for hours. Like Hudayfah radiallahu ta'ala anhu said that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam did what? In the night prayer? He prayed with Surah al-Baqarah, and then Surah al-Nisa, and then back to Surah Ali Imran. I yani mean five Jews or more of Qur'an. That the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam prayed in one rakah. And then he said, and then he made ruku'a mithla Right, which many of the scholars say it doesn't mean exactly like it in terms of the time but proportionate to proportionate to that particular time so in other words it was a very long time that the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi made Rukur so the Prophet ﷺ in that Rukur says Subhanallah Rabbi but again just like the rest of the Salah you should know what it is that you are saying that is the only way you're going to be able to get to a point of Khushur and also you should vary what you say and so, from the du'as that the Prophet would make in ruku', Allahumma laka Raka'atu Wa Bika Amentu Wa Laka Aslamt. He would say, "Oh Allah, to You I have made this rukur. to You I have bowed, Wa Bika Ament, and in You I have iman. It is in You that I believe. Subhanahu Wa Taala. Wa Laka Aslamt, and I have submitted to You." In other words, that bowing is also a a signal of and a symbol of your submission to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala al-azim and then the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said what khasha khasha al Khushur." the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said five things they have khushu for you o oh allah he said khasha sam'i wa basari wa mukhi the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said my hearing and my sight in my brain, in my bones, in my ligaments, have all hushed for you, O oh Allah. They have all humbled themselves before you, O oh Allah. Allahu <laughs> malaka rakaktu, wabika aamentu, walaika aslamtu. Khasha ala kasami wa bussari wa makhhi wa'admi And this is something that the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam used to say in his rukoo'. So, and there are other du'as that the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam would make in rukoo'. The point is. Rabbi al-Azim is a must for you to say in your rukur. And it's best to say it at least three times. And then after that, you can choose from the du'as that the Prophet wasallam would make in his rukur. Again, ikhwan, if you want to have khushur and salat, you can't do the same thing all the time. You need to. You need to mix it up. You have to have varying uh, approaches. Very, say, all of them should be from the Prophet, and there are at least five du'as that the Prophet make, would make in his rukur that were authentic. And it doesn't mean that he would make all five at the same time. But the point is that there are at least five that you can find that are authentically narrated that the Prophet would make in his rukur. And then after rukur, you say, Sami Allahu Liman Hamida. Sami Allahu Hamida. Now, this is a point where many people misunderstand what it means. Semi Allah. Semi Allah. What does that mean? A lot of people translate that as Allah hears the one who praises him. Semi Allah. Or Allah heard the one who praised him. But normally when we use a past tense verb, with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's name Like when you say Barakallahu feek Baraka is a past tense verb. Barakallahu feek What does that mean? It actually means you're making dua That Allah May Allah what? Bless you Or may Allah put blessing in you Right? When you say Jazakallahu khayran That's past tense verb. May Allah what? Reward you with good Right? Samiaallahu liman hamida Is also a dua it's also a dua. May Allah Yastajib. May Allah answer the one who praises him. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, the Zakaria said, uh, 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 alayhi salam du'a. You are the one who sami'u du'a. The one who hears the prayers. The one who what? Answers the prayers. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi Wasallam used to seek refuge in Allah from a qalb la a heart that does not what? Khushur, dua'in and from da'wah, from a dua, uh, from a dua, from a dua, a prayer that is not heard, no, it actually means a prayer that is not answered, so السماع in the Arabic language refers to both, it refers to hearing and it refers to the responding, which is why even in common Arabic speech they say هذا لا يسمع الكلام. Right? doesn't mean he can't hear you it means he's not responding to what you're saying he's not answering what you're saying he's not listening to what you're saying so when we say sami Allah, min we are asking allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to respond to to answer the ones who praise him and that is why immediately after you say sami allahul you say rabbana lakal hamd or rabbana or, Allahumma rabbana lakal alhamd Or, Allahumma rabbana walaka alhamd All four of those are authentically narrated in Sahih Bukhari and or Sahih Muslim So, and the Prophet says Whoever from amongst you hears the Imam say Sami'allahu liman hamida And then says, Rabbana alhamd Or, Allahumma rabbana alhamd In, in his qawl, his statement Malaika. That is that it is said at the same time that the Malayika say it, then all of his previous sins will be forgiven. I want you as you stand in your salat. As you stand in your salat and you hear the Imam say, Sami Allah Ali Man Hamida, and then you say, Rabbana wa lakal Hamd, think about the fact that the angels are also saying, Rabbana wa lakal Hamd, and that your statement may coincide with their statement and be said at the same time, and that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has forgiven you for all your sins. Think about that every time you say, Rabbana wa lakal Hamd. That, if that's not enough to bring you back to your salat, like, oh, subhanallah, maybe at this moment Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has forgiven me for all my sins. Yani, this is the point That your salat has so much meaning And that it doesn't become mechanical This is part of what will help us with our khashua We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us The coming up from your rukur Is the only place in the salat When you move from a position to a position Where you're not going to do the takbir So you say <speaking in Hebrew> After that you can add on hamdan kathiran, tabiban, which is a which is another duaa that the Prophet Wasallam heard one of the companions make, and he said to him that I saw thirty some odd angels, and yani he rushing to write down that statement. Mil al wa mil al wa mil ma mil ma to the end of it. Several duaa that a person or or that a person can make. The point is to praise Allah subhanahu wa taala. As the Prophet, ﷺ praised when coming up from the rukur. And then the Prophet, sallallahu taught us to say, Allahu Akbar. Again, recalibrating, recognizing that Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala, is the greatest. And therefore, He, subhanahu wa ta'ala, alone is deserving of our sujood. And this is when we go into the sujood. And this is the last thing that we're going to talk about in this particular khutbah. I want to read to you something that Ibn Qayyim, rahimahullah ta'ala, said about the sujood because it's very important that we recognize the station of sujood in the salah the position the importance of the sujood Ibn Qayyim rahimahullah ta'ala said as-sujoodu sirru salah the sujood is the sir and a sir is something that is a secret it is something that is kept hidden it's like a you can even even though it's not the exact word it's the treasure it's the treasure of salah as sujud, suku salat, and it is the greatest pillar of the salat. Now we know salat is made up of what they call arkan pillars. It also has wajibat. So a pillar is part of the salat that if it does not exist, then your salat is not valid. Okay, that's a khutbah. That's a lesson for another day. He says it is the greatest of the arkan. Of the Salah, there is nothing greater than sujood And then he says, he says, and it is also the end, the conclusion of every rakaah is with your, is with your sujud. Wa ma qablahu And everything, all of the arkan, including your standing, your bowing, and all of that. That come, before, uh, that come before sujood Are basically like a prelude for the sujood it's, it's basically getting you ready for sujood So the rest of your salah is actually Getting you ready for sujood وَلِهَادَا أَقْرَبُ مَا يَكُونُ الْعَبْدُ مِنْ رَبِّهِ And for that reason The closest that an abd is to his master Subhanahu wa ta'ala To his lord Is when he is in sujood and this is directly from the hadith of the Prophet alayhi who said that the closest that you will be to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is when you are in sujood الدعاء, The Prophet ﷺ said So make a lot of dua Make a lot of dua in your sujood فَأَكْثِرُ He says حال يكونوا حال يكونوا That is that the best situation a person can be in And the best of his conditions is when he is close to Allah. And when is he closest to Allah? When he is in sujood. And for that reason, وَلِهَادَ كَانَ الدُّعَاءُ فِي هَذَا الْمَحَلُ أَقْرَبَ إِلَى الْإِجَابَةِ And for that reason, it it is for that reason, that dua, when in sujood, is more likely to be accepted. Because you are in your best state when you are in sujood. And think about what sujood means. And think about saying Subhana Rabbi al You are at the lowest point You will ever be physically in your life When you are in sujood Your head can't go any lower than that And that's when you say Subhana Rabbi Al-A'la All praise and glory and, I'm, and how perfect my Lord is Al-A'la When I'm at my lowest I recognize that Allah Subhana Wa Ta'ala Is Al-A'la And even though I'm at my lowest I'm closest to Al-A'la even though I am al-adna at that particular point I'm the lowest I might be I'm still the closest to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Because as, you're, as you go down physically Your spirit, your ruh, your soul go, Grows closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala And that's because of the humility of that position illa The Prophet ﷺ said Nobody humbles himself for Allah Except that Allah raises him Nobody humble you, you can't get more humble than that Subhanallah I mean just as a, as a Muslim And sometimes you may see this amongst people I mean, A person may literally throw themselves at the feet of somebody Because they're begging them They really want something from them It doesn't feel right when you see As a Muslim Because you know that that's for Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala But imagine when people do that They're, they're saying Look I have no other option except for you That is who we are as Muslims yeah, I mean, Subhanallah Too many times we turn to the creation for our needs Throw yourself on the ground. Throw yourself in sujood. Know that you are asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in just the same way that somebody who is, who is kareem and somebody who in this life, a person who is generous and a person who, who is merciful, they won't let somebody stand at their feet and beg them and they're not going to give them. Ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in that status. He will give you. And if Allah wa doesn't answer your prayer immediately, Know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Has something better in store for you Believe that Believe that And no matter what You are rewarded by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala For your dua Allah azawajal reward you for that And you would much rather in, in, in no, in any circumstance The reward that is with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Is better than anything you're going to get in this dunya The reward that you get from And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala May answer your prayer immediately And that has happened from so many people That you come out of, of, of your salat and not more than a minute later And subhanAllah You find the answer to your prayers And there are other times When it doesn't happen like that But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Answers enough for us to know That he is That he is As-Sameer, And he is al-mujib. He is the one who hears And answers our prayers So in that sujood When you humble yourself For Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Again That is one of those positions of strength Because you will not do that for anybody Other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala And it is also a position of major humility Where you beg Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala That's why our Prophet said فَأَكْثِرُوا فِيهِ فَأَكْثِرُوا الدعا. So make a lot of dua The point here is that we don't rush through our prayers that we, that we give each and every position its haq That we give it its right You cannot, if you bounce like a ball Sometimes you see people make rukur They come up from rukur And within a matter of a split second They're in sujood again Almost to the point that You doubt Or it looks impossible That they could have said But maybe Maybe they said it But the salah is so fluid Salah has to have stillness to it There is no khushur Khushur by definition requires Stillness so when you go into rukur, stay there. Subhanallah azeem. Until your back is flat. At the very least. The Prophet said, nasi min salatihi. The worst of thieves is the one who steals from his prayer. They said, O oh, Messenger of Allah, how does one steal from his prayer? He said, min wa He steals from his rukur. And he steals from his sujood psh, 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 Bouncing like a ball Throughout the salah That is an indication that there is no khushur So again again, We are moving through the The salah Point by point and inshallah ta'ala, The next khutbah that we do We will finish the points that deal with khushur and the salah But again all of this goes back to what? It goes back to success We want to be successful You can do all of the... You can have all of the material success in the world. You can have the greatest career and the highest of degrees and the most money and the best business. But what determines your success is what Allah Azzawajal calls successful. And from that is having khushuah and salah. You can't be successful in life. And not in this life. And you won't be successful standing in front of Allah until we have... Hushua and our salah until we perfect our standing in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in this life.